Hello, and welcome to Blank Plate, a podcast for Swifties with an appetite. I'm Sarah, and I used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-size bed. And I'm Laura, and I'm a mess, but I'm the mess that you wanted. And we've got a blank plate, baby, and we'll write your name. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. We're recording the first episode. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I have talked about making this podcast for how many years? Oh gosh, at least two years now that we've been talking about it. So I guess before we like get into our normal spiel, Mm -hmm. like some background, Sarah and I used to have a podcast together called Passports and Pizza. Yes, we did. We paused the pod and knew that this was like our next big project. Because mm-hmm. when we were together, all we would do is talk about Taylor Swift. So. Right. <laughs> we knew it had become our new passion, and therefore we had to yes. change gears. Yes. So if you're joining us from that podcast, thank Hello. you so much for following us into this new space. I guess, can we just do like a quick little intro? Like, what do we do for our jobs? Where are we from? How do we know each other? And then we can get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I'm Laura, <laughs> and I am a music teacher. I'm also a traveler, a writer, a photographer, and um, I like to do like travel content on the side. But yeah, my day job is that I'm a music teacher. So I talk a lot about music every single day. So having a music podcast mm-hmm. was like an easy idea for sure, especially for somebody as yeah. cool as Taylor Swift. So. Right. So that's where like your expertise in that area will come in. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not a music teacher, but I'm a music lover. And I took piano lessons for years. And I certainly have a lot of musical knowledge, but not to the extent that you do. So right, but you have the Taylor Swift, like OG status. So right. (laughs) Yes. Um, So what do you do for work? (laughs) Okay, so my job is kind of strange. I work for a memorial company where I, well, I used to always say I do custom hand etchings on gravestones, but my job is currently transitioning a little bit. So I'm no longer going to be doing the hand etchings where I I use a diamond tipped Dremel tool to etch into granite. And so essentially I create illustrations on people's tombstones. And, um, my job is changing a little bit to remove the hand etching aspect and I'll be focusing just on like purely digital creations that we then execute with our laser etching machine, which I also operate and create all the files for. So we're moving in that direction. She's an artist and illustrator y'all like, yes, yes. I went to school for illustration and graphic design, but I've been at this job now for about 12 years, which is crazy to think about. That is crazy. I know. Um, But I used to have, well, I technically still have a food blog called Cake Over Steak, which is an illustrated food blog. So I did illustrations to go along with each post. I have not posted on there in a few years, but it's still there if you want to check it out and give it some love. (laughs) Um, So aside from that, in my spare time, I do try to be creative in other ways, like this podcast being one of them. And yeah, so Sarah also is an amazing cook, like amazing cook. <laughs> well, so are you. Okay, but like 
I don't have a food blog, so. <laughs> also, like, your oh, chocolate chip cookies are supreme, so. Well, yes, yeah. I would say I'm a much better baker than I am a cook, but. Yes. You're I ama- do. I should have said you're an amazing baker. You are an amazing <laughs> cook, but you're an amazing baker. Thank you. Uh, yeah, baking is definitely one of my passions that I've always had since, like, middle school as a yeah. stress reliever downtime kind of thing i don't do it as much now as i used to which is sad i honestly don't know how i used to have so much time for it but i know how i did well the thing i think the thing that connected sarah and i off initially as friends uh was our love of blogging Mm -hmm. um, because i had a travel blog you had a food blog and uh connecting on like making events for our blogs and photographing Mm -hmm. stuff together and then I, I became such a huge foodie uh, through dating Luke and through traveling and experiencing different food cultures. And yeah, like our two main interests were always like blogging and food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's how sort of our friendship blossomed. We do an annual trip of Feast of St. Pizza, which I guess we can <laughs> talk about later. But the gist is like... What like what's what's feast of same pizza? Because we're probably going to talk about it here. So yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, because yeah, that was one of the first big collaborations that you and I did for sure. And so feast of same pizza was an idea that I got from listening to a pizza podcast. So we we're not the creators of the feast of same pizza. It was um a couple guys in New York City who did it, and the idea was they visited like the ten top pizza places in New York city, I think across all five boroughs in one day. And I thought this sounded so fun. And I realized that he didn't have to do this in New York city. We could do it in our own town, which at the time we were both living in Lebanon. So we're from central PA. So I organized a pizza crawl in our town and enlisted Laura to help me. And we both blogged about it because, you know, for Laura, it was like the travel side and that idea of local adventure that you were like, you know, talking about a lot. And for me, it was food. (laughs) I mean, it's just pizza. You don't really have to get anything else going on there for me. Um, So, so yeah, we gathered a ton of friends and we visited 10 pizza places in our town in one day. And we had so much fun that we were like, we have to do this again. It's an annual thing now. And yeah, so we've done, I mean, we skipped like two years because of COVID. Right. But I think this past year when we went to New Haven was like our eighth in-person one, maybe. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah, we, that probably is right. Um, We've been a lot of places in central Pennsylvania. Mm Mm-hmm. And we went to um, New Jersey, but this was like our first like big trip, like outside of New Jersey yeah. um, with a group of people. And it's so much fun. And I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about it here because we're a foodie podcast for Swifties. So yeah, I don't know. Like Taylor really needs to talk about pizza more. Yeah, true. But we'll figure it out. But yeah, I know so she loves her chicken here. tenders, but does she love her pizza? Yeah, and seemingly mayonnaise. Seemingly ranch. Seemingly ranch. Oh, I already (laughs) screwed something up. (laughs) We're going to make mistakes, guys, as part of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's a little background, like a little context about who we are. You're going to get to know us very well. Um, So like what to expect with the podcast. So 
we're a Swifty foodie podcast, uh, combining our two mm-hmm. loves. And I think we're going to see like a variety of different things here. Um, we're going to talk about song specific episodes. So like we'll choose a song, we'll chat about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any food or drink references, we're going to dive deep into that. Um, Mm-hmm. Maybe talk about like Taylor's recipes, mentions of like restaurants if she's been out in New York or I guess in yeah good old uh, middle America. <laughs> and, and, uh, Are you referring to Kansas City? Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll do like a food or cocktail pairing with a song. Like this song mm-hmm. to me is a blank cocktail because right. just fun stuff like that. I mean, yeah, so essentially, this is first and foremost a Taylor Swift podcast, but we will have food as a running, like underlying current and theme. You mean an, an invisible string? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. very much like an invisible string. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll discuss like Taylor news, mm-hmm. deep dives into Taylor. The yeah. folklore of her songs is a big thing that we love to talk about. Definitely um, breaking down new releases and her re-recordings as they come out. Yes, that'll be fun. The drama, um, the controversies. The scandals. There's just so much to discuss. I know. Also, I'm sure we're going to be talking about like foodie news, recipes that we were making, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we're... As you can probably tell, we're we're pretty chatty, so um, <laughs> this is not the place to get your cutting, like, dry news. We are yeah. going to be a chatty podcast. If that's not for you, cool. Scroll mm-hmm. on. Like, right. fine. Um, but yeah, this is our chance to reconnect, too, as friends. Like, it's our little date that we get to have to catch yeah. up to. So, yeah. anyway. Definitely. Oh, man. So, I guess... What's our origin stories with Taylor? I think you should start because you are the OG Swifty. So yes, of the two of us, yes. I'm the OG Swifty for sure. Okay, so I guess I mean it really is a love story, but I guess Just say yes. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna be full of these. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's the idea. This is where we can get it out. Yes. Not that we're not getting it out in our normal lives. Yeah, that's true. So I grew up hearing Taylor. And I I definitely had some of that. I mean, she was always a punchline, right? Like, she was so obviously successful and talented, but also still always a punchline. So I feel like there was always that stigma of not wanting to say that you like her, mm. which I know you're going to talk about a lot mm-hmm. with your journey with Taylor. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I definitely had a little bit of that running through the back of my mind in my early years of experiencing her just like on the radio. I always enjoyed her songs like love story. It comes on. You love it. You belong with me. All those things. You just, you hear them, you know, the words you sing along. You're not going to skip, you're not going to change the radio station if that one's on, right? So then her Red Album came out, which honestly, I wasn't even aware like, oh, Taylor Swift has a new album out. It was just like her new singles were coming out and like, okay, she's got new music and I was really enjoying them. But then it was her song 22 that I can 
almost like vividly remember driving home from work. 22 was on and I was just jamming out to it. I was like, this song is so fun. And also I am the same age as Taylor. I am a 1989 girl. I'm a little older because I was born in June and Taylor was born in December. As we all know, December 13th. (laughs) Um, So her song 22 is definitely really resonating with me at that time in my life because I was 22. And I remember driving home and just enjoying the song so much that I was like, I have really enjoyed her last several singles. Like I should just buy her album. And this was at the time when you bought albums. Yeah. Like you had to go on iTunes and pay $10 for the album. And it wasn't something I did a ton. Like at the time, I think I was still using Pandora all the time to listen to music on my phone and stuff. And, um, so I was like, you know what? Let me just download this album. Like I'm probably going to enjoy it. So I downloaded the red album and it must've been like a Thursday because then I remember my first full day with this album was a Friday at work. And I just listened to that album on repeat the entire day, (laughs) (laughs) which is not something I had done before. I mean, certainly not since like the era of the CDs where you get a new CD and like you just play, but even still, I probably wouldn't have played it on repeat for like eight hours. So I played red all day at work and I was new to my job at the time. So I was kind of still getting the ropes there and I was just zoning out listening to this album. By the end of the day, I was like, I've been listening to this album all day straight and I'm not tired of it at all. Like it's really good. I'm loving was this, this. Like was this like your senior year of college? Like how old were you? No, this was post college because I was at my job that okay. I'm at currently. Gotcha. So this was actually probably because it came out in the fall of 2012, right? Yeah. So I was probably listening to this in 2013. Gotcha. So like 10, 11 years ago, and because I think it was the spring. 2013 that would be my guess yeah i think so so from there i fell in love with the red album and then i ended up buying speak now and fearless on my phone as well and then i basically only listened to taylor swift (laughs) on my commutes for like two years straight and i never stopped (laughs) yes and i never stopped but i remember at that time trying to figure out why it was so good. And it's something that has been discussed so much, especially this year, the year of the Barbie movie and Taylor Swift and being like, and the heiress tour shout out, um, like what it is about her music that resonates so much. And I could tell that, her music more than anyone else's I had ever really connected with. I really listened to the words and the stories that she was saying. Cause for me, a lot of songs that I love, I couldn't tell you what the heck it's about. I don't know. And I don't (laughs) care. You know, like it's just sound and vibes, but with her, it was both sound and vibes and story. Yeah. And also, I mean, she's a woman 
in it with a similar singing range. So it was very easy for me to sing along in the car, which I loved. There were just all these things, but there was just something I, I knew at the time. I was like, this woman paints a picture like nobody else. And her songs just make me feel things. And I, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I a Swifty? I think I'm a Swifty, you know? So yeah. that's where it all started for me. And then 1989 came out. And of course, that was huge. I love that. And then by the time Reputation came out, like I was in it, you know, like I, and this is what is so funny, Laura. I remember after Reputation came out, I remember arguing with you in a bar. Yes, we argued at a bar. <laughs> in 2017, about Reputation and about Taylor Swift, because you were still very much like, you're like, I just don't get it. Like, she's not that good. She sounds like other people. <laughs> totally. And um, and I remember you were also complaining because this is 2017. So like tumultuous times. Yeah. Um, I remember you and I arguing about how like we were both concerned about the fact that she had not used her platform really to speak out politically and while I like agreed with you in that point, I also was saying like, it's, it's hard for even like us as normal people to like go on our own Facebook timelines and like say something. So for someone like Taylor Swift and especially like in the, like knowing what she went through in 2016, like I was just like, we got to give the girl a break. We got to give her a break. <laughs> and, and you just weren't getting it. Nope. And it's so it's so fun for me to see how far you've come. Come a long way. I guess that's a good segue for my intro. Yeah. Um, so I will tell anyone who wants to listen that I wasn't a hater. I wasn't a hater of Taylor Swift, but I just didn't get mm -hmm. it. Like, to be fair, like, I didn't listen to pop music. I listened to indie. I listened to, like, pop rock and pop punk and, like, old school rock for and also I was like a music kid like yeah I was a music snob I and especially like that age when you're like in your like early 20s like you just think like you just think you're the coolest so mm -hmm. um anyway just was it just wasn't my genre of music that I listened to anyway um and I think the truth now that I can look back at that it's like also I never really liked Taylor Swift singles the singles that she yeah. puts out are like sometimes my least favorite songs. They're almost so, never the best song on the album. Exactly. So when I look why back it's on so it, frustrating. Right. When people are like, I don't like her songs. Yeah. And they've only heard her singles. Right. And that's that's where I was. I had only heard her singles because they were played at parties or like whatever. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like, like shake it off. Like. <laughs> At the time. I mean, it's a bop, but also totally. not like one of my favorite songs of hers. Right. And now I can look back at that time and be like, yeah, Shake It Off was like a, a certified bop, but like probably her most superficial song on 1989. So mm -hmm. dig deeper. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the patriarchy had me for most of my teens and 20s. Uh, I listened to mostly male artists period. Yeah. Um, Wait, and pause. Yeah. Do you still mostly listen to male artists? No, 
I like only listen to women now. <laughs> That's how I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For real. I, when I, when I, well, my Spotify wrapped is so screwy because I'm a music teacher and I use Spotify. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I can never share my Spotify wrapped. It will never actually be like reflective of me. <laughs> yeah. It's reflective of what I teach anyway. But yeah. yeah, my Spotify is like all women. It's Phoebe Bridgers. It's Taylor Swift. It's Mitski. It's, uh, I mean, it's Lord. It's Lana Del Rey. It's women. It's yeah. Gracie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I listened when looking back at that time, like I did listen to mostly men and a lot of the music was about like, like I was a huge Bonnie Vare fan. I didn't care about the story. I cared about like the sonic beauty, mm-hmm. which is a different way of looking at music for sure. Yeah, the vibes. Um, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember arguing with you at the bar once because I was like, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, there's other women who make good music. Like, why are we obsessed? But I was only listening yeah. to her singles. So like, right. Bleh. I think I you think- were trying to say about reputation that like she was just trying to be Lord or something. <laughs> which that is something I would argue at that point in time, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I now look back at that and be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. But the thing that really switched for me about Taylor was in 2019, she did this interview with CBS and it sort of like blew up over the internet where she um, was talking just about sexism and like pop culture. And like one of the things that she had said was when a man does it, it's strategic. When a woman does it, it's calculated. Um, and she's implying the man before the man existed. Right. Um, and then she also announced in that interview that she was going to be re-recording her music. And I was like, wait, 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 back up. Like what's going on. And when I had found out the situation about her, uh, music being sold to Scooter Braun, I was like, absolutely not. We must stand this woman. (laughs) So, yes. So like that was, that was the tipping point for me where I began to become more curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started to like, not before I even listened to more of her music, I just started to see more of these interview bites with her talking about her point of view and how she, you know, I think another thing she said was like, you know, I think it's a very sexist point of view to like criticize me for talking about my love life, but nobody does that to Ed Sheeran and nobody does that to Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. I forget what interview that was, but that really was poignant for me. And then um I I wasn't completely sold during the lover era. I was like 80% in. That's where like the man came in and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, serve. Yes. Like that's great. But what mm-hmm. really got me was folklore. As soon as folklore came out, I was like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. I am completely oh, yeah. in. Yeah. Completely in. You are a true folklore convert. Oh my God. Yeah. <clears throat> and to be fair, that was my style of music for many, yeah. many, many years. I mean, Bunny Bear is on there. My boy. She's welcoming you in. She's saying, yes. I see you. I love you. Come join the party. Yeah. Like, to be fair, I probably was giving like Jake Gyllenhaal to her, like when I was in my twenties, like you're not cool. And now I'm like, you are the coolest. So Mm -hmm. here we are. And I can look back at that and be like, Oh, little girl, you need to take a second. But, um, yeah, I mean, now after she's done these re-records, I'm able to look back at like 
how old she was during those albums originally. Mm-hmm. And I remember how I was during that age and how it felt to be that age of a girl mm-hmm. for most of her albums. And like now I am so proud to be a woman and mm-hmm. I'm so proud to have an artist like Taylor Swift illustrate what it's like to be a woman in all phases from girlhood to where she is now. And, you know, celebrating experiences of girls from preteens all the way to like our 30s is something that should not be diminished. It should not be less than uh, any other person's story. So like when I look back and I think about love story, you know, Mm -hmm. I think... Okay, love story. Like, uh, all right. Like, <laughs> you were Romeo. It's like, okay. But really, like, when you think about how old she was when she wrote that song, that's mm-hmm. how we thought. Like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. like the romantic ideals that we had at that time of what love should be to be swept right. off your feet. And like, now with the re records, I feel like, honestly, like, Taylor Swift is my therapy because I'm able to look back and be like, like, red. For me, when she was, how old when she was 21, 22, that was my most tumultuous time probably ever. And Mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, dude, yeah, like I was going through that too. And now I can look back and be like, yeah, that's some real, that's some real stuff. Like that's, (laughs) that's, that's real. Yeah. So I just, I'm proud to be a Swifty, a converted Swifty, because now I can like I can look back at those songs that I once snubbed my, or, you know, snubbed and just like whatever about. And I think like that was a moment for girls everywhere. I just didn't know it. Yeah. So, well, I feel yeah. like what you're touching on here is very much that quote from the time person of the year article that everyone's yeah. talking about, about like what is the magic of Taylor Swift and her music is saying like your experiences are valid and important and worth talking about. Yeah. And especially for women and girls. Yeah. I think about my students a lot when I talk about Taylor Swift, because now it's not something, well, maybe, maybe a little bit, but not the way it was when we were growing up to like, like Taylor Swift was something I think a lot of, mm-hmm. like you were saying, a lot of girls felt like they didn't want to like teach share. School. Yeah. I teach, I teach, middle, I teach eighth graders. Mm-hmm. I think about how like girls don't really have the shame attached to liking a female artist like Taylor Swift. Now mm-hmm. they just like her well, um, not and even, she's highly celebrated. So yeah, not even young girls, but everyone like, Mm-hmm. You know, for the last few years, you have been like the main Swifty in my life, aside from our friend Dave Beard, who is like <laughs> with me in the trenches back during reputation and stuff. But I have never met so many Taylor Swift fans, like true Swifties, as I have in the last year. Yeah. And like, there are people who are new to it, or some people who have been all about it all along, but. It's now is because everyone's talking about her. You can't not talk about Taylor right now. Yeah. Whether you want to or not. Like at my job, we talk about her at coffee break and it's me and like nine dudes who usually only talk about football (laughs) and whatever other sport they're watching on TV. 
But yeah. Taylor is also part of the moment right now. And even if you're not a fan, you can't help but talk about her. And I think like, when I think about my students, I, it's a different world. It's a different world now than it was when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for them that they have a female artist like Taylor Swift. We didn't have that. Like, who did we have? Like, really? Like that, Britney that Spears, illustrated, Christina that Aguilera. That very vulnerable side of, like, not the, not the bubblegum mm-hmm. pop artist. Right. Like, not the, like, manufactured pop. Who, who um, by the way, I love manufactured pop, but yeah. Taylor Swift is a storyteller. She often is telling extremely vulnerable stories. Mm-hmm. And I think about like my students, like hearing, uh, like you're on your own kid. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. if I heard that song when I was like a 13 year old, mm-hmm. I'd be a different person. If folklore mm-hmm. were out, I would be a different person. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's another thing about her that we haven't officially touched on yet is one of the things that makes her so astounding is her songwriting and the fact that she is a pop star who writes her own songs and has always written her own songs. You know, like any of these other like manufactured pop stars are not really writing their songs. Which is fine. Like, I fully believe, like, you can be, like, a singer and a dancer and a pop star and have people write your music. And, like, that's not your thing. Like, the performance is your thing. Cool. But Taylor does all of it. And that's why her songs are so personal. And usually we don't get that with a pop artist so much. Yeah. It's more of, like, a singer-songwriter thing, at least when we were growing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like, so astounded by the fact that she is able to tell her story without explicitly naming names like she used to, like, Mm -hmm. being able to illustrate a feeling or how a relationship feels or betrayal or like, whatever it is, whatever emotion she has written a song about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And from a very vulnerable, honest place, it's not a manufactured, like, rhyme scheme just to get just to get the the flow of a verse and a chorus it's 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 storytelling so yeah I just feel like I'm glad that my students and like young girls today have that artist to look for as like Mm -hmm. a storyteller and to know that like any point of their life is worth sharing which is Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying with the time article which is something I now can look back on and be like yeah what was I thinking? <laughs> hey, it's called growth. You it know? is growth. It's growth there. for sure. Well, so should we move on to our desert island three? Ooh, yeah. Okay, you go first. Okay, so this is these are not necessarily our top three albums, but as of this moment in time, which is January of 2024, with the albums that we have available to us. Yes. What? are the three albums we would take with us on a deserted island. You only get three. You only get three. Okay. So what I chose is number one, Red Taylor's version, because I have to have all two L10. (laughs) I need to have that. Okay. Be honest. Have you ever used all too well 10 minute version as a clock for yourself? 
No, I haven't. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share what you were doing when you used the timer? I, uh, well, I was on, I was on a flight and it was like, do you know, like how, when you see a flight, you can see like how many minutes to like landing. And it it just felt like the longest time. It was like, time was uh, so slow. And I was like, I want to get off this plane. I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? This is only two, all too well, 10 minute versions. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Helps. Anyway, sorry. I absolutely need to have all two L10 available to me. Plus, like I said, red was really the album that pulled me in. So there's a lot of nostalgia there for me. It's also a good album because you've got your kind of like pop bangers. Like we are never, ever getting back together in trouble, but then you also have like treacherous and, you know, sad, beautiful, tragic. Also, I love state of grace. Begin again begin again. So it's got a good range. It's got a good range. That one. Definitely. Also some of her best vault tracks on the red TV. Oh, so good. Yeah. So then my next pick is folklore because this was very tough for me picking between folklore and evermore, but I need to have August and my tears ricochet. <laughs> Fair. Those are those are two very like I need those two more than I need anything on Evermore. So I need to go with folklore. So folklore is my crying album, which I would probably use a lot if I'm stuck on a you know desert island. So that's key. And then my third choice is reputation. Because Slay. you need to have reputation for dancing. And for angry times. Nothing will make you build a fire and survive the wilderness. And big reputation. Big <laughs> reputation. Yeah. And I feel like that really spans the the spectrum of Taylor. I've got Red TV, which is that mesh of like country and pop. Then you got Folklore, which is her like indie album. Yeah. And then reputation, which is that like grungy, dark. It's a good album. spread. Yeah, I, I think I'll be set with those three. You got range. Mm-hmm. You definitely got range. I'm surprised yeah. 1989 is not on your list. You know, like 1989, I love it, but it's not technically in like my top three. Or four favorites. Like that's how good she is, though. But I, I will say, nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version, no skips. Like that's true. It is so good. I mean, we were talking about the Reds Vault tracks, but like nineteen eighty nine Vault tracks are also really good. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like with the nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version, she really took any song that for me was kind of like, eh. I know. I love it now. I know. I don't know what magic she put in. Um, like, oh my gosh, what what's the song? Um, uh, you can hear it in the silence. Silence. Oh, I was like, oh um, my god, is that you were in love? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I that was a skip for me before. Me too. And now, oh uh, yeah, I'm obsessed. Yeah, so good. Yeah, you got a good spread there. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, on the other hand, again, 
hard argument, folklore, Evermore. I think when it comes down to it, I'm an Evermore girly. Here's the thing. I think I am also an Evermore girly. I Folklore has other things, like emotionally for me, that I would almost have to say it ranks a little higher, but it, it depends on how we're talking about it. I... I need whatever she put in Tis the Damn Season pumped into my blood. Oh, when when that, I hear like guitar riff starts, I'm done. <laughs> Cancel all your plans. Oh, like, that's also, all you like, can do. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've sobbed to Marjorie. Yeah. Um, and that one's I, always hit hard for you. Oh, hit so hard. And mm-hmm. Champagne Problems, I mean, it's a no skip album to me um Mm -hmm. even like okay so like i i slept on like cowboy like me for the longest time me too and now i'm obsessed (laughs) um so yeah i it's a no skip album for me Mm -hmm. bonnie vare's on it and evermore Mm -hmm. you know i Mm -hmm. argued for folklore for a little bit and i was just like you know like evermore is just that like November feeling. Evermore is also your color palette. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. It's the vibe. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be one of my top three for sure. Just the perfect Mm -hmm. album. I also had reputation, just slay a clock. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to feel like you are a true queen in your domain. Yeah. And I will be slaying all around that deserted Island. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Also, like, I used to hate on Reputation so hard. That was one that I, <laughs> that was when I'm like, I was so wrong. Um, yeah. you were, yeah. I'm glad you've come around. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. I, I just like, one day I was just like, I need like hit and pop music. And I listened to Reputation. I was I like, remember this it was like, you were in your treadmill walking era, or maybe yes. even you were still running at the time. I was running at the time, and I remember uh, uh, Endgame. Endgame was on. I was like, okay, okay. And then it was like, Delicate was next, and I was like, okay. (laughs) And it just never stops. So Reputation is, I mean, I'm so excited for Reputation, Taylor's version to Mm, come out. I cannot wait. I don't even want to understand, like, I don't even understand what she's going to do with the vault tracks because... I'm sure there's a lot of tea that's going to be spilled, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for me, Midnight's is my third album. And I feel like a lot of people are, everyone was so excited for Midnight's when it came out. And I feel like a lot of people are like treading back on Midnight's a little bit. Um, Oh, what do you mean? Like saying it's not as good? I think because a lot of people are obsessed with 1989 and 1989 and Midnight's have kind of a similar production feel. Midnight's is like dark 1989. Right. Um, but for me, Midnight's was like, it was, it was an experiential moment for me because it was the first time I was super, super excited for not a surprise drop of Taylor Swift. Right. There was like a rollout. Mm-hmm. Midnight, Midnight's Mayhem with Me was a thing. Yeah. You and um, I did our listening party. We had a listening party with Midnight Snacks. It was so fun to get excited mm-hmm. for an album. So for me, that's like a special little thing that I'm like, that cemented me as a Swifty if yeah. I wasn't already. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I think 
I played Midnight's every single day, like for months. Yeah. Um, and You're On Your Own Kid might be one of my favorite songs that she's written mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a very special song to me. And I also, I mean, talk about like the 3 a.m. edition, like mm. all those songs. I, in fact, I just like, yeah. I, I already sort of assume that they're going to be, so it's midnight's 3 a.m. edition. Right. That's like, you know what midnights. I mean? Midnight's. Yeah. yeah. But then Not also just like midnights. hits different in You're Losing Me. Oh, or two my of my God. favorite songs from Midnight's. If I would have heard You're Losing Me at the wrong time, <laughs> I would be a different person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that album to me is really special. Sentimentally, but also just, um, it has the pop feel that I like. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a darker it's a darker pop album. So that's right. sort of my vibe anyway. So yeah, yeah. Plus it's got your girl Lana Del Rey on it. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. We love. Yeah, such a great album. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people are sort of since 1989 Taylor's version came out. A lot of people are like not talking about Midnight's or maybe saying like, oh, I think we were really excited, but like, is it that good? I don't know. But right. it it is that good to me. So I think. Midnight's for me. I mean, it's coming on the heels of folklore and evermore, which are just in their own like category of Taylor Swift. And I love Midnight's, but I think as an album for me, it's definitely like mid, but at the same time, when I think about all the amazing songs that are on it, Oh, I'm karma. Like, and like, would have, could have, should have. Oh, that was my top song in 2023. <laughs> like most <Sure>. listened to. <laughs> um, but also it, it, sometimes it takes a while because like we were talking about those songs from 1989 that we now mm-hmm. love like 10 years after the fact. And like when we were first listening to Midnight's, I was like Maroon. Mm. Oh my God. Maroon. And now it's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I so feel way about, you just have to sit with it. Yeah. Like Dear Reader to me, I was like, I don't know if I get it. Now I get it. Yes. Dear like, Reader was also a little bit of a sleeper for me. And it's one of my favorites on the album now. I also feel like uh, Midnight's came out during a time when I don't think we really understood what was really going on in her personal life. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot to read into there. So for sure, that's yeah. something we can it's dig a into. Rich text for sure. A lot of <laughs> veiled, veiled uh, confessions in that album. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that album. I love it. And karma is real. So yeah, we shall see. But yeah, that. But like you said, this is what's out right now. This is January of 2024. Mm-hmm. I Which- think. The layout would change if there were other albums dropped and new right. stuff came out. But yeah, that's that's where we're at. Let's let's make predictions for 2024. Ooh, this is fun. Okay. <laughs> uh all right. First prediction. 
Well, first question. Do you think she's going to drop Reputation or a new album first? My theory is that she will not drop a new album until the tour ends. Mm. Because I don't see how she could enter a new era with and release that much new music and not have a um, new section, a new section of the tour, unless she changes the tour, unless the tour becomes an evolving thing. But that seems like honestly, too that much is work. such a tight show. I don't know how you would be able to shorten right. certain. There's certain, there's maybe she one or two songs, but, but to add the choreo, the visuals, like everything, it just seems like too much. And so right now she's slated to finish the tour at the end of 2024. So my prediction is reputation TV and then self-titled slash debut, whatever you want to call it. I think they will come out during the tour in this calendar year. 2024 and then after the tour is done and she's like finished her eras and now owns all of her music from all the previous eras then it's time to enter into like taylor 2.0 i like post eras tour i agree with that i do think that it would be extremely difficult for her to add new music into her tour schedule like as far as like the timeline of like how much time she has Mm -hmm. i also think that it is there's something to be said about reclaiming all of the eras by the end of the tour Mm -hmm. and then starting fresh or sort of putting a pin on Mm -hmm. the experience of that with Mm -hmm. a new album so, like, there's something about doing all of the stuff she wanted to do, reclaiming her a- her albums, reclaiming her name, and then putting a cherry on top and saying, and now here's this new era I'm doing, and I'm on to new things. Like, Yes. Yeah. I totally can see that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Okay. I don't know if she's going to do Reputation as soon as people think. A lot of mm-hmm. people, there have been a lot of theories... I but it would be February. Yeah. Well, a lot of people it still could be. A lot of people were speculating that her opening day in Tokyo. Um right. I don't know. I don't think it's as soon as people think. I think that she's very strategic with when she decides to release things. Mm-hmm. Um I heard like about 112 days theory. I don't know if you've heard yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. And technically that is soon. Um yeah. I think it's like February 8th. Which would be her first day back in tour. But I feel like there's always a timeline with her when it comes to like awards and Grammy nominations and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I don't know. Um, And I don't really know what the theme of that drop is going to be. Is it going to be a surprise or is it going to be a rollout? Because Reputation originally was mostly a surprise. Yeah. Compared to her previous albums. Right. Not a quite a surprise like folklore and evermore. Right. But relatively speaking, it was a surprise drop. Do you think that in 2024 we are going to have a Kim Kardashian slash Kardashian crossover in reputation? Wait, what do you mean? Like, is Kim and and 
Taylor going to make up? Are they going to make up? What if you just call Taylor up? (laughs) Here's the thing. That's up to Kim. And Kim seems to want nothing to do with it. Kim seems to have no interest, which also, let me preface this by saying with the caveat, like, I don't pay attention to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of the Kardashians. Like, I truly don't care. I And, like, she's just that for me. <laughs> you know, like, people say, like, you know, like, I respect that she's, like, famous. I don't, I don't care. But from what I know of all the Taylor of it all, she has had every opportunity to apologize because it's so obvious now how wrong she was. And she still hasn't. So I, think, I don't think she why, will. Why wouldn't she? If you think about it, it would be such a great PR move for her to close the chapter of the Kanye of it all. And her mm. her um, being a, a duo in that uh, horrific uh, moment that they decided to make happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what a strategic move it would be for her to be like on a music video or like mentioned mm-hmm. in a song and like she's in like, I don't know, some promo for it or something. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But here's the thing. If Kim apologized, I could see Taylor saying, thank you. I appreciate that. And I still don't ever want anything to do with you that's fair too because like that's Kanye fair. had like she thought they had made up yeah she gave him so many opportunities to redeem himself and then he literally stabbed her in the back so i do and, <sighs> i think i think she's done giving those people her time i time of day i agree i do think that even if there was to be an apology maybe there already has been an apology I think Taylor has every right to be like, you know what? It would be really cool, but like, I want nothing to do with this. Like, yeah. Like, I still want to be excluded from this narrative. Yeah. Like, thanks for apologizing. You should apologize, but don't expect us to be friends. Yeah. We're not friends. You know? Interesting. So we're, we're saying reputation and debut. Is it going to be a double drop? Is it going to be a separate drop? It's got to be separate. It's got to be. They both need their moment. And they're so different. Yeah. Like, no. No, they have such different narratives. She doesn't even have a single song in the the Eras tour with debut. Right. So. I know. Just kind of surprising. I mean. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I think, I still think we could maybe get Reputation in February. And I would love that for us. I would love that very much. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy to see her at all the football games. I know that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that she's going to produce a movie um, or direct a movie soon. Is that um, still happening in 2024? I don't think it's happening when she's on tour, but I have a feeling that she's probably in the pre-production stages. She probably is choosing yeah. scripts or writing scripts. Right. Um, but I'm sure like the actual directing is happening. At- There's no way. Yeah. There's no That's way. It's going to be like next year, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she does have breaks in the tour lineup, but yeah, not enough to film a movie, I would assume. But right. I don't know. 
movie buffs weigh in. Yeah. Because I have no idea. Mm-hmm. We also have no idea what kind of like scandals or controversies may arise in the year. I mean, just what? Like a couple days ago, there was the gossip between her and Selena Gomez, <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah. Well, apparently Selena came out and said that she was telling Taylor about two of her friends who had hooked up. I love so, it. Yeah. I love it so much. I love their friendship. Um, I know. So yeah, those are the, There'll be scandals we can't even imagine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had somebody want to talk about Air's tour memories. Yeah. So, you and I both were lucky enough to attend the Air's tour in May yes. of 2023. Um, shout out. I have, I have hey. this shirt, a gray shirt, and a, a crew neck sweatshirt with the, it's one of the only. Taylor Swift merch designs that I like. I know her merch, guys. Like, <laughs> somebody help them out. Somebody help. Like, <laughs> for real. Sarah, like, hire. Especially for someone who has such a clear vision stylistically for every album. Like, what is going on with the merch? I don't know. I don't know. It's bad. I don't know. I like, yeah. I would say like for every drop, there's like one thing that I like, but I can't actually mm-hmm. get myself to buy it. Yeah. So yeah, there's better stuff on Etsy. Hate yeah. to say it. I know. Um, what was I going to say about tour? Oh, so I was the lucky person who got us tickets. Mm-hmm. I cannot describe how crazy that experience was was buying those tickets and you had to buy five because there were five of us in our group and i guess when they search for the tickets you need five seats in a row right it's not like oh you can get three here and two here no like back you know in front of each other and i was like i was clicking the five and it was just like going to check out and then being like bounce back because those has been sold and it happened like three times and i was like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get booted out of this we're not gonna get these tickets like the pre-sale the day before was a nightmare. We couldn't get in. It crashed. Yeah. And then when I finally clicked checkout, I remember being like, I have no idea where our seats are, guys. I have no idea. I just yeah. clicked it. And you guys were like, like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? We have tickets. And we got there. And that yeah. was amazing. We were, um, when was that? May 12th. Of, it was the first night in Philly. Yeah, of Philadelphia. Yeah. Great night. That was the night that she had mentioned that eagle sweatshirt hanging from her door was about yeah. the philadelphia eagles not the eagles band which do you believe her um no but yes. it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i do either i mean it's cute if it is yeah. true that's cute but i mean i um, guess i don't know my thing is like unless you're talking about a boyfriend when you were in high school mm, i don't know right but it's fine. It's a cute story. Yeah. Uh, great, great, obviously great concert. Oh, um, we made a whole day of it because we yeah. we all like went out to lunch on the way there, and then we had to stand in line outside for an hour and a half, maybe. We were graciously the under shade for most of that. Thankfully, it and was I, not super hot. Well, I think I got a little sunburned. Maybe a little bit. It was no, it was hot because I was like sweating through my dress. But it was like May, so you it could have been a rain show. Like it could have been yeah. crazy. 
But I, um, and I had an allergy attack in line. And then I was like, wait, oh, there's right. so many moms here. I was like, I'm just going to go down the line and see if any of these moms has an allergy pill. And it was yes. like the third person I asked had an it allergy was- pill and saved my life. I feel like this has been said on social media, but being at the Ares tour felt like the closest thing to being in Barbie world because mm-hmm. it was all safe people. Like <laughs> it was yeah. moms and daughters and girls our age or younger yeah. and like husbands and of wives and gays and, and dads. dads wearing like Swifty dad shirts. It was just like the coolest thing. And I remember like being in 70,000 worth of people around us and just thinking like this is the size like of of like lancaster city Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're all in this enclosed environment and i think we're just fine like right i'm not worried at all yeah not at all yeah it was great it was so cool did you cry at all when we were there i didn't cry no i didn't cry I didn't fully cry, but I almost cried during the opening. And then the opening. <laughs> I did fully cry during the opening of the Eras Tour movie on opening night. Nice. Like full tears streaming down my face. Like I was so emotional. Um, but the one moment where I really almost cried at the actual concert was during All Too Well 10. Just like having her sing this song. That is so monumental. And her just standing alone in that stage with her guitar. And then everyone's wrists lit so up cool. in red lights. And we're all singing along to this 10-minute song. And it, it was that feeling of community that was so strong. And just knowing that we were there like that, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, just that sense of community was so wonderful and special and i just i felt so lucky to be a part of it it just it was really emotional for me oh it was so so magical also like marjorie is a special song for me so that was probably the closest i got to crying Mm. um but another thing that was really cool is that phoebe bridgers opened and i'm a huge phoebe bridgers fan and uh oh we we were at the show where Maddie Healy played with Phoebe Bridgers. And this was like when they were spotted out in Philly the day before or on the main Um, line, they weren't in Philly. Um, And there were like rumors about them dating. And I was like, Oh, this is like, I'm not sure if this is a good look. And then he was there playing with Phoebe. And I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, oh, the, fact, it was early on. the fact that I got to hear nothing new with yes. two of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. like magical. Yeah. yeah, that was special because I love nothing new. Me too. And I'm not a Phoebe fan like you are, but I love nothing new. So to be able to experience them performing it together and also seeing the like joy and gratitude on Phoebe's face. performing that with her was really nice you could see her just like like she would sing to her and like they'd be in it and then you could just hear see her like looking around being like oh my god the amount of people that are just here like so cool Mm -hmm. yeah that was awesome yeah it was fun we went with um our friends 
Dave and Kelly, who are married, Dave being the Swifty I mentioned earlier, and also our friend Charlotte. So it was five of us. Yes. And yeah, my, it was great. My husband, Luke, is not like the hugest Taylor fan, but he's forced to listen to Taylor all the time, obviously. <laughs> and he is someone who has <clears throat> the most FOMO ever. And he was like, no, I, it would be wrong for me to take a ticket because like some other Swifty would die to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take that away from somebody. So like, no, you guys go. Mm-hmm. He talks about it all the time, how much he regrets not going. He's like, yeah. I should have gone. He was like, I'm going next time. I don't care. I'm going next time. And I was just like, good. Yeah, you should. <laughs> and it, it's a shame because we had empty seats in our room. Wasn't that weird? We had two empty seats. Yeah. flanking us which was good because we could spread out but it yeah. was kind of strange mm-hmm. um but yeah that w- but as far as we know it was completely sold out so right so people either couldn't show up or it was someone who was trying to sell them I yeah guess. scalper unfortunately yeah, I guess. But yeah it was it was it it's such a cool thing to say like i saw her mm-hmm. and it's like at the most monumental i mean i I'm sure she will tour again, but like to hear all the songs mm-hmm. was so cool. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be the thing that when we're like in our fifties and sixties and you know, like the Taylor Swift biography is coming out and maybe yeah. she's doing some kind of like reunion tour. It's going to be like people talk about the Eras tour and we'll be able to say that we were there. We were there. I we was there. there. It was rare. I yeah. remember it. Mm-hmm. all too well yes exactly so good um oh my gosh i cannot believe it's already been an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so we didn't really touch on any food stuff today guys but like we just wanted to give mm-hmm. you a really like brief i say as it's been an hour mm-hmm. rundown of like who we are our backgrounds with taylor sort of like our vibe when it comes to connecting with taylor and yeah. we're gonna get more into like the foodie side as well as like uh the tale lore of it all so like the folklore of a lot of her music um and i'm really excited for our next uh episode's topic should we tease it or yeah so we are planning to discuss astrology and taylor swift Ooh, lots to talk about yeah um yeah, and then I'm also very excited for our episode following, which has to do with one of our favorite bakeries. Mm-hmm. Um, so more on that to come. Yes. Uh, yeah, happy first episode. We did it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you'd like to support the pod, please give us a follow at Blank Plate Pod on TikTok and Instagram. Yes. And you can send us an email at blankplaguepod at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 717-382-8313. And I did choose that phone number because it ends in 13. So use it. We love a voicemail. We'd love to like hear your voices and conspiracies and stuff. So send us a, send us a call. Mm -hmm. And until then we have the time of our lives with you. Yeah. And you know when it's time to go. So Bye. Bye. <laughs>